0: I believe in miracles. Where are you from? You sex with me? Are you allowed to say sexy if you're an apologist? Yeah.
1: Well, you can use it with respect to your wife. What does he say? I believe in miracles.
0: Where are you from?
1: You sexy. So he doesn't even know her, and he's telling her, he's like, that'll get you apart. I- that'll get you put in the <laughs> right. Me Too movement and then,
0: today. <laughs> yeah. And then, then it's, I believe in miracles since you came along. So it's the you has to be there's obviously some kind of you that came along you sexy thing she came along but he
1: doesn't know where she's from
0: you know what i've never done a deep exegesis (laughs) (laughs) of hot chocolates you sexy thing we got dr braxton hunter pretty talented and well-known apologist shared the stage with the william lane craigs to the mike Laconas to all those guys jonathan pritchett Dr. Pritchett is here, and he is a New Testament guy and does a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts, a lot of debates, so on and so forth. So is the guy on the left Jerry Lewis, and uh, Braxton's trying to be Dean Martin here, (laughs) the straight guy and the funny guy? They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now, this it. I,
1: I was not impressed. The hell, Jonathan Pritchett. This Jonathan Pritchett. Fresh and Jonathan Pritchett. Jonathan Pritchett. And- Respectfully, that sounds like a little bit of a dodge. I'm claiming victory. It's where I come from, extraordinary
0: claims require extraordinary evidence. Greetings and welcome to another edition of Trinity Radio. I'm Jonathan Pritchett and along with me is...
1: Braxton Hunter. The
0: eye candy of the show, Braxton Hunter, apparently. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, yes. Oh yeah, what are we talking about? Oh, Miracles. Let's get some hot chocolate up in here.
1: This is The First Word. It's not exactly a miracle. It's more of an answered prayer, but it might be a miracle for all I know. Either way, it was the mercy and grace of God that I was born at all. My parents, uh, when my mother was pregnant with me, had a difficult decision to make. My father has a rare genetic blood disease known as von Willebrand's. But he has stage 3, and he actually has something worse than stage 3 that they just don't have a category for. Uh, The degree of hemophilia, known as von Willebrand, that my father has is so bad that if he gets a tooth knocked out, he could bleed to death. If he falls and scrapes his knee, he could bleed to death. He had to take 120 pints of blood in a week once when he was a young adult. He was told that he would never live very long at all. And so every year of my life, uh, I've been told that my father could be gone the next year. I actually appreciate this because uh, it gave me an appreciation for my parents. I never went through this phase where I thought my parents didn't know anything. I always appreciated who they were. It doesn't mean I'm a perfect kid. But all that said, when my mother was pregnant with me, this is a genetic disease that gets worse with each generation. And if I'd had it, uh, the prognosis was that I wouldn't live very long at all. And so um, a quote unquote Christian doctor encouraged my mother to get an abortion. It was the best choice. It would save them a lot of grief. And it was, uh, in his opinion, very likely that I would have this blood disease. My parents said, thanks a lot, but we don't think so. Um, They went to another doctor. and The doctor said if the child lives for five minutes, it will be to the glory of God. Hundreds and hundreds of people were praying that I would be born without my father's blood disease. And I was, and neither of my daughters have it either. Um, I can't say for sure that there was a miracle involved in that. I think it was an answer to prayer. But I can tell you this, even if that's what would have happened under any circumstances, God had a plan, and I thank Him for every breath that's in my lungs. And now, today's topic.
0: During the break, Braxton asked me, why hot chocolate? Somebody put it in the comments, why hot chocolate? After all, I believe in miracles. Where are you from, you sexy thing? I believe in miracles.
1: Okay, so uh, today on the show we're going to be talking about the general population
0: sex thing. and
1: some other sex uh, thing. demographics related to belief in miracles. So the reason I wanted to do this was because we recently did an episode on miracles uh, yes. that kind of blew up a little bit. Um, people really were moved by that. In fact, we got mail from people talking about how, wow, this is really powerful. I was sitting there crying while I was watching this. Um, it's not anything really that we created. We were just basically saying, here's some cool stuff. Look at that. And uh, people were moved by it. And so I hope you'll go check that out. I'll link it in the description. Um, in fact, Lee Strobel, who recently wrote the book, The Case for Miracles, uh, retweeted about it. So that was yeah. pretty cool. So um, it's kind of blown up for us and uh, kind of excited about that. And uh, so what we thought we'd do is to talk a little bit more about miracles. And um, occasionally I might make it a series. You know, we, we go over like uh, some specific miracle claims that are well evidenced or something like that. I have to say, Jonathan, without being uh, snarky in the least, mm-hmm. um, I put this stuff out there, and there were a lot of atheist comments, some of them respectful but disagreeing or you know, prodding at these miracle uh, sure. experiences or whatever, but almost no one, uh, almost no one if not no one actually dealt with the content of these miracle claims they just said a couple of things so let's talk a little bit about a couple of things that they might have said and you can tell me what you think about it and i'll tell you what i think about it uh some of i got this multiple times was okay fine those are great you've got those miracles but what about all the people that god doesn't heal what about you know these people that have these horrible debilitating illnesses and they're in the hospital and stuff what about what about those cases why doesn't god heal those people then um how would you respond to such a
0: thing Okay, so you get stopped for a speeding ticket, mm-hmm. and instead of having a nice police officer give you a free pass, he gives you a ticket, mm-hmm. and you say, yeah, but what about all those stop signs I didn't run?
1: That's right.
0: You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't run all those other stop signs for the past six years of my driving record. Right. What a... That's got to count. So that means I shouldn't get this one. Right. This one shouldn't, this one is not a thing about me running stop signs because of all the other stop signs I never ran. Yeah. So obviously I never run stop signs. This one can't count.
1: Right. Yeah. The point is, you. Uh, we don't need to talk about those other ones. This one matters. Right. Let's, right? let's and talk the, about
0: this ticket, not the tickets you never got. Right. And in the you same
1: know. way with miracles, uh, what are you saying with that? What's the criticism that you grant? That God did these miracles that they're going to stay at least they're going to stand uncontested. Uh, so God heals some people and not others. Okay, that seems like something supernatural is going on and that yeah. God exists.
0: Uh, we believe that God is sovereign and that the exercise of of miraculous events is at His sovereign discretion, not our whims. Mm-hmm. And so, as much as I would like to be able to walk around and you know do. Uh, Miraculous healing, The Benny Hinn long, type thing. Right, which, uh, of course, that's a circus and mostly mm-hmm. fake, probably. Um, but a lot of Christians I know have witnessed miraculous events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've done this at Q&As where you ask people, raise your hand if you just witnessed some unexplained healing or right. phenomenon, right? Um,
1: Half the crowd always.
0: Right. Uh, so it's, I have to admit, as a Christian, I am disappointed when i pray for healings to happen that don't mm-hmm. there's always that sense of disappointment so there's a part of me that understands the atheist criticism oh about- and by the
1: way i hope you don't mind my gently reminding our audience of this because there were a lot of people that pointed out that well that's easy for you to say but but you know i have this horrible illness and hey listen my sympathy you have my utmost sympathies that's that's it's always difficult when you're, you're And this is the problem with the problem of evil and the problem of suffering. When you're mixing together an emotionally powerful thing that is very personal, that right. needs to be appreciated, and, and we do appreciate that, with an intellectual discussion that is argumentative, right. it, it makes it difficult. So let me enter in now, not that this does anything to uh, reduce anyone's pain that's out there. And I, listen, I love you. I, I hate that. I hate that you had to go through that or are going through that or whatever. But I'm sitting here next to a man whose father died.
0: Right, of, of horrible, horrible cancer. Painful. Yeah, painful, horrible, just it's the worst death possible, stage four uh, lung cancer.
1: And you probably prayed, and For a lot of healing. people prayed, that he would be
0: healed. Yeah, now, like I said, that's what I'm saying. I have been disappointed, mm-hmm. but that does nothing to take... So I understand why atheists would say, but what about these people? Mm-hmm. Because I've been in that similar situation, but like you said... Screen that out for a second and just look at the fact that in our same church there was a, a, a deacon. Oh, our, our friend uh, Chad Meeks, his father was a deacon, and and um, his name, um, Ricky Meeks. Uh, I'll never forget his email, Ricky for Guns at yahoo.com, right? He I mean, was our chairman of deacons, loved guns, loved hunting, that kind of guy, just a great yeah. guy. Anyway, you know, he had, had some serious medical problems. Uh, and he did eventually pass, but we did witness a miracle in his life uh, several years prior to his his unfortunate mm-hmm. and death. And you think, why couldn't that have been my dad? Right. And a part of that, but my dad had a different explanation. He's uh, He said... Says, so, son, I know that you're praying for a miracle, and I know your mom's praying for a miracle, but God shouldn't waste that on me because I smoked three packs a day for forty years. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's, yeah. it's like it's not like we didn't see this coming. Well, that's a, you know? an attitude of responsibility, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, no matter what his disposition was, mm-hmm. my disposition was, God heal my dad. I'm, he's sixty-seven, and I want him here to be. Yeah, I don't care what here. he thinks about it. Please do it. Right, and God, I believe that God could have, but didn't. So right. I understand the disappointment. Yeah. But you know what? All these other cases where I've seen miraculous healings, you have to you have to account for that information regardless of the disappointments that God didn't do what you wanted him to do. Right,
1: right. And, and, the, and what I want to say here, I'm not, again, I'm not bringing up Jonathan's dad in a way of saying, oh, you think you've got it so bad? Look what he went through. Because frankly, some of you may be going through something seemingly worse. That's yeah. not the point. The point is at Jonathan's attitude in light of it. Jonathan's attitude in light of it is, God's still good. God's still on the throne. I don't always like what he does, but he's in charge. Right. You know? I don't have to and like
0: it, and God didn't ask what my opinion about that's it. That's a
1: difficult that's thing. Yeah. Listen, I, I've experienced—I've said this before on the show—I've experienced uh, deep hurt, and some of you might think that I'm naive about that, but you don't know my life, and I've experienced deep hurt, and uh, like deep, deep, like the kind of thing that some people don't come back from type hurt, yeah. And um, and I have never—and this is not everybody— and it's, I, I, I'm i not like trying to say, look how spiritual I am. I've never really been mad at God about anything. And no, I have. A lot of people have. You have, yeah. a lot, most people I think have. i Not never, over my
0: dad, but there have been times. Other things. It.
1: Yeah. I, I've never, uh, I guess I've just never seen the sense in it,
0: you know? Oh, there is no <laughs> sense in it. Right. But, uh, but I, I know this is not related to the topic, but since you brought it up, um, actually, uh, I, I think that, for a lot of people who do get mad at God, I actually want to say it's a good thing.
1: It can and, help in the process.
0: Yeah, and it, God's big enough to take it, but the fact that you're relying on God at the exact same time you're yelling at him, mm-hmm. it you know, for some people, not like you, where you you, you just think intellectually, that I don't get the sense of it or whatever. And I'm not saying I'm
1: a robot.
0: No, I, I know, but I'm saying I, for know. some people, um, it's actually better for them to do that than to ignore God during that time. Because if they could ignore God... Uh, That that could and I hate to get all pastoral for a second for our atheist crowd, but but for the Christians, uh, I would say uh, the times where I refuse to allow myself to get mad at God, uh, you typically if if you don't take your grievances to God, you take it to a bottle or somewhere else. So
1: yeah, it's it's better to run to God with your grievances than to run away from Him at all, and that that's an important important thing. And and there's interesting, I mean you know we've got the davidic psalms for example and yeah. we've got job's uh experiences we have people in the bible yeah, not I'm not a, that long not, I did. not was, understanding what's going on I get over on. it a little
0: bit quicker than job does but you know yeah. i i don't want the speech at the end of job so i would know better that yeah. make make uh, the, the shorter psalms are yeah. to work for me and then I but get over it, look it. here's here's the thing uh about it is um you still have this thing, and you got to deal with this. You got to deal with this. Pointing to things that that didn't happen doesn't. That's not. That's a red herring from the thing that did. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, so so that was one thing. Another thing was. How this, do you know it's your God? Let me try this on you. Yeah. So what if you had that same miracle claim, uh, just as highly evidenced, and it was a Hindu thing, and they were praising one of the Hindu gods or something?
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Um, my my. Uh, Christian worldview can actually account for. In fact, this goes all the way back to the ancient world. Um, the apostles weren't the only ones doing healings, mm-hmm. um, or at least weren't the only ones reported to do healings. Yeah. And I'm not the guy, and I know this is going to drive our atheists crazy, but I'm not the guy who demis- dismisses all supernatural activity. In fact, I have a robust worldview that can account for supernatural activity independent of Christianity, yes. because there is an enemy. Mm -hmm. And the enemy has his forces of darkness and the powers of principalities Mm -hmm. and so forth. And I, you know, and and for the atheists, I know there's a few of you atheists out there who lack a belief in God or gods, but still believe in some weird supernatural stuff. Mm -hmm. Christianity can explain why that is. It's called the demonic. And this is why, speaking of, uh, we were talking earlier about my favorite apologist from Biola, Kevin Lewis. Kevin Lewis is one of the few apologists outside of you and I, I think, that actually takes the occult seriously, uh, yeah, and for good reason. So I have I have no reason to immediately dismiss on worldview basis like a, a metaphysical naturalist would mm-hmm. the a supernatural event occurring from a Hindu god. The way I would account for it is let's put let's put the truth of Hinduism as a whole opposed to the truth of mm-hmm. Christianity, and when Hinduism collapses. Compared to the truth, you know, truth of Christianity, Christianity can still explain why there might have been something to keep Hindus Hindus from a supernatural yeah. perspective. It's called demonic activity. Absolutely. And yes, they're like, oh, you're crazy. You're talking about demons and stuff. So-. Yeah, because if Christianity's true, guess what?
1: Yeah. I believe that miracles are real, and yeah. I think it's I more miracles. reasonable to believe in them than not. I believe that near death experience accounts uh, are real, and I think it's more reasonable to believe in them than not. I believe that demons and angels and God and Jesus are all real, and I think yeah. it's more reasonable to believe in them than not. I'm not yeah. saying you're stupid or an idiot or anything. I'm just saying I think that's the more reasonable thing. Yeah, but they're position. saying that you are
0: for believing in those
1: things. Nah, that's fine. I. You realize everything I've been called on this channel, right? I mean, who
0: cares?
1: (laughs) Because here's the thing: I I love the people that comment. Um, I I I don't mind. I've I've become like you know, I've gotten to the point where it doesn't bother me. But uh, but then when I talk to atheists in real life, like in right in front of me. They're not the, like that. Right. They're, they're very sensible and they, you know, about it, uh, right. and and so and many of our commenters are too. So I just, I just you know, but there are crazies you know out there.
0: And I get it. There's crazy Christians. Like I
1: knew you were going to say that. You we always have got to, a caveat. We always caveat have to caveat
0: Because somebody will say y'all didn't. Yeah. Because they're small.
1: You know, the, your answer is the answer that I have classically given. Nevertheless, yeah. you know what I've done this time around? What? Line them up. What's your What's your uh, miracle that's that highly evidenced? from these other world religions, line them up. I said that to probably 10 people yesterday in the comments. They, well, what if it was, Crickets? Uh, line them up. Crickets? One guy, most of them didn't comment again. Right. One of them said, well, but just imagine that there was. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna let you know.
0: Well, we can suppose. Yeah. But we already gave you the answer to the suppose. Right. I can
1: account for it. So that you're asking me to now. imagine that a supernatural healing occurred with Hinduism. Um, okay. Number one, I would have to wonder, is it demonic? Number two, I would have to wonder, is it from God? And if so, what does that do for my theological beliefs? But you know what I would never think at any step in that whole way is I guess naturalism's true. Right. <laughs> right? Um, so anyway... Uh, but, but, yeah, I've been saying line them up. One guy tried. One guy linked me after about two hours, and I imagine he went out and searched around for two hours, this is the best he'd come up with. And he came back with a Quora posting that was a third-hand anecdotal account uh, about something with – Nothing to back it. Just a posting in court. I heard someone tell about this that they heard from someone else, type thing. Yeah. So no, no, it's not. And that's nowhere near. What are you the talking truth of Christianity about?
0: Christianity can give an account for that. As yeah, even
1: if it to. were true, we can handle that. Uh, so you say, well, that that sounds too convenient. Yes, Christianity is conveniently true. Yes. You know, All right. So here's the thing. Uh, I always get snarkier on these episodes where we're doing it together. Yeah, do you want the box casual. in front of you now? I don't. I don't
0: have a fat yeah. gut anymore, as you can see. Yeah. So I don't well, really need this. Oh, uh,
1: and you, and I do. is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> 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 no, you got the. Uh, well, I was gonna say you could move the laptop over. But. Okay.
1: So, what about the general population? No, the
0: prime means snarky, though. That's what. What,
1: what does? The, what about the general population in terms of miracles? <clears throat> well, you probably won't be too surprised about this, but 60. So the question was asked by Barner researchers. People can be physically healed supernaturally by God, agree or disagree. People can be physically healed supernaturally by God.
0: 64% said yes. 66%
1: 66. said they agreed, and 34% disagreed. Okay, that's the general population. All right. Um, But we can break it down further. So uh, with all adults, 33% agreed strongly and 33% agreed somewhat. 15% 15% disagreed somewhat and 19% disagreed strongly. That gives you your 66 and 34. All right, so, um, but then uh, among the generations now, uh, believe it, you know, there's a New York Times article that spells all this out, and we mentioned it in an episode a while back about uh, flat earthers, uh, aliens, and all that, that um, y- the younger generations, they're they're not, they're getting into like astrology and stuff. Okay, so you got you may you may not have to worry about Christianity as much with them. You got other stuff to worry about with them right. if you're an atheist naturalist. Yeah, this, this, this whole atheism
0: too. naturalism scientific worldview that's. You're only big on the internet. You're not actually big where people live.
1: So, generations... Get out of your mom's
0: basement, and you won't find very many people like you. That's all I'm... I'm just kidding. You don't all live in your mom's basement. You're supposed to be But look, seriously, I've been trying to sing... I've been sounding that alarm. Be nice, Pritchett. Be nice. I've been sounding this alarm on this show, and I'm sure our atheist friends will actually agree when I talk about apologists overwhelmingly focusing on the atheist, naturalistic, agnostic, skeptic community when paganism is really the... just an irrational... Um, anything goes Oprah religion, spirituality stuff. Well, you
1: know, it's very interesting because Brad Pitt uh recently rejected his atheism that he had touted for a while and he said it was just the result of rebellion. There's a Christian post, I think article about that. but it, it just goes to show that, that yeah, it's more of a bland spiritualism.
0: So it's whatever that so means So for Brad Pitt, it's it's renouncing atheism due to... Uh, it was just rebellion. Is my understanding, yeah. As opposed to like Anthony Flew, who said, well, the evidence is enough to persuade me at least that atheism's false. Right, right. right. So, but, but it just goes to show, though, and atheists would probably admit to this as well, for the same reasons that some people convert to Christianity that have nothing to do with evidences. Mm-hmm. people deconvert from atheism or convert away from atheism and what, for reasons that don't have anything to do with evidence. Oh, yeah,
1: we've broken down that data, but too. On this that
0: show. doesn't make it wrong or right either. That's not mm-hmm. the point. The point mm-hmm. is, is that people... So whenever you're asked, I don't see why re- otherwise reasonably intelligent people believe X, right? Well, they say that about... I can say that about atheists. I don't understand how otherwise reasonable atheists... Can be, but that doesn't do any good. And, and wondering, it's the, just the, the, well, and then the whole psychologizer stuff, business for me, it doesn't, it doesn't matter why anyone believes in Christianity as to whether or not it's true. Right. So that whole conversation, because we can say the same thing. Most atheists have daddy issues, right? We could throw up that daddy. Well, you're just really mad at your dad, and that's why you're an atheist. Has nothing to do with the evidence. You like that? No, you don't. So you don't want. So even if it was true, it is irrelevant to the conversations that most people want to have.
1: That's why we don't do that kind of thing.
0: Right. Well, unless I just did. <laughs> <You
1: know. laughs> no, you were giving a hypothetical. I was giving a hypothetical. You were saying though. that would be absurd because number one, that's not the case with a lot of atheists, yeah. and number two, um, it doesn't touch yeah, the truth of the matter. It's a fallacy anyway. It doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. Gen- among the generations, millennial. Okay. So this is of those who disagree strongly. No. no wait. 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 Now, come on, if I've moved on from this.
0: If autobiography interests you, then we can do that. But yeah. that's all it is. We're doing autobiography mm-hmm. at that point. We're not doing evidence and argument and reason. We're doing autobiography. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's actually a place for that, because I think testimonies, either way, is a powerful thing. And that's why even Matt Dillahunty, or <laughs> from the Christian point of view, I just heard Justin Brierley in a, in a debate with... Uh, Rationality rules. Oh, did you watch that? I listened to a little bit of it. Yeah. But Justin Bradley gave autobiography a little bit. and I, I think the testimony does go a long way. Mm-hmm. And so autobiography is fine. It just doesn't prove anything. But right. I I do think that it does give a context for how people come to So if you want to do autobiography, that's fine. But you need to keep that separate from uh, evidence. Anyway, go ahead.
1: So among the generations, these are the percentages of those who disagree strongly with the statement. Since it's been a while ago now, people can be physically healed supernaturally by God. The percentage that disagree uh, strongly among millennials, so twenty-six percent. That's it. That's yeah.
0: Only twenty-six percent of millennials. Percentage disagree of those strongly. who
1: disagree strongly. I yeah.
0: thought it would be higher. That's the most godless. People can be physically
1: healed supernaturally by God. Twenty. Disagree strongly, 26%. Gen Xers, 21%. Boomers, 14%. Elders,
0: 13%. By the way, this meme, OK Boomer, when you use it, I'm not actually a boomer, but when you when you say OK Boomer to me like my daughter does now... I don't know what that means. I've never heard that. I don't mind being considered older than I am. I've never had a problem aging. I Boomers are...
1: We're talking about Fine. things that have developed. Uh, me and Sarah, we're talking about things that have developed. Uh, people hate when we get on rabbit trails like this. But mm-hmm. people, the the, the the terminology that just shows up and everybody starts using, they just jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. And, and we use term. Every, I mean, all terms ultimately reduce right. to that. But, like, I was thinking of yeah. snap. You remember, like, in the early 2000s, oh, it was all oh, snap. What? Yeah. What? what? Where did that come from? that's sick. And, yeah, or that's sick. Or, or this one. Uh, I know, right? That's what people say. Mm-hmm. Like, I just told you something, and you say, I know, right? It's I-K-R. Yes, of course I know. That's what, I'm of course right. right. I just told you. I'm the Stay one that nabby. told you. Now, I know, right? speaking of rabbit uh, trails, speaking of it? rabbit trails, There's a new one now. while people hate
0: us going on rabbit trails, the people who don't hate us going on rabbit trails are called patrons, and they actually have told us that they like our banter more than uh, a lot of times our Maybe. subject matter. Uh, if you're a
1: patron and you don't like it, let us know.
0: Yeah, but overwhelmingly, our patrons do. So if you want to have a say in the content of our show, then pay up. Oh, man. Back to our regular schedule.
1: Typical topic. apologist, just yeah. shilling for a No, you
0: can't make that claim. Atheists are begging for money, too. That's You guys have forfeited the right when you say, support yeah. my Patreon. You have no complaints. Support about my
1: ministry. Yeah. Support my ministry. <laughs> Percent of those who agree strongly with the statement based on education. Ah. High school or less, 37% uh, agree strongly. Um, college graduate, 27% agree strongly. Um, ethnicity percentage of those who agree strongly Hispanic 26% white 29% black 55% and uh, based on region it's pretty well what you think 43% in the south agree Um, northeast 29% Midwest 32% west like west out toward California 22% so you know not not too too crazy there so you got the general population but this is where it gets really interesting And so I hope you haven't tuned out yet of course if you have you won't hear me say this Um, but Let's talk about doctors. Now, the reason mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to look at doctors, mm-hmm. medical doctors, medical. is because if a miracle healing is going to happen, much of the time doctors are going to be on the front lines of that. Yeah. At the same time, these doctors um, are trained in the physical body, they're operating on a methodological naturalism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we're, what is the what, what do we know about doctors now admittedly this is based on research from 2010 but uh, in, and it was done in 2000 I think 8 and then in 2010 and it had actually gotten Better from our perspective. Uh, But uh, in 2010, a new national survey of 1,005 physicians revealed that 75% of them say that miracles can occur these days. That's higher than two years ago when 70% of doctors interviewed said they believed in miracles. Conducted by HCD Research, the survey asked doctors about their perceptions of faith, prayer, and miracles in the medical field, as well as their everyday lives. And you can actually dig up the 2008, I couldn't find the 2010, but you can dig up the 2008 uh, research questions and things like that. Now, that's a pretty amazing, astounding number.
0: This actually is more important to me than the let's fight over these prayer studies versus those prayer studies whole conversation. Set that whole, leave that conversation out. What do doctors say? They're like, overwhelmingly, yeah, crazy stuff happens. Yeah. Can be disc-. Now, I want to, I want to give, I want to throw a bone to our skeptics, okay? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people do use the words miracle Colloquially. Well, that's why I point out that you can go find explicable something happened, right? right, right and they're not true. necessarily attributing a cause to it. Right. Right. But when you have seventy six percent I bet you a lot of those people are attributing miracles to some sort of supernatural something as opposed well, to... Well, and you can, like I say, you can go dig up the research questions. You
1: can yeah. go dig up the research question. I should have brought them in here. But among the findings, the majority of physicians, 53%, so it's a slight majority, but 53% indicated that they pray for their patients compared to the 2008 study, in which 49% said that they prayed for their patients. Yeah, but
0: we're talking about fifty half the doctors are actually praying... To something or someone. Of,
1: of a sample of 1,005
0: thousand and, uh, uh, and the sample, five yeah, yeah, but that, that's a pretty yeah, good sample. That's a good sample, yeah. Yeah, that's a you, decent yeah, sample. People draw
1: that's... conclusions off of less than that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the interesting thing, now let's take this a step further because, you know, doctors could be sometimes talking about this sort of thing at their own peril. Mm-hmm. You know, because you lose, you can lose credibility because everybody knows you're supposed to be functioning. Yeah, Whatever but when one are doing is, it,
0: I bet you it's not. You know,
1: but you, you're supposed to be functioning on this methodological naturalism. But um, but here's an interesting thing.
0: I want one who doesn't.
1: There is a doctor by the name of uh, Scott J. Kalbaba, M.D., and he uh, edited a book. He It's called The Physician's Untold Stories, and I've not read this book. Um, so I want to make that clear. If there's something crazy there that that's just off the wall, you know, heretical or something, I, I haven't read it. But, uh, what I think is interesting is if you put his name in on Google, you get as many listings for his practice as you do for stuff related to this book right. and his work here. And he's spoken a lot of places. And what he did was he noticed that in private conversations, there were quite a few doctors that he knew who were, who had miracle stories, but were timid about sharing them yeah. because they were, because of professional reasons. And so he got them to share them. He got a number of them to share them. Uh, I forget exactly how many, but he got them to share them, and they... uh I was going to see if I could find the number. But anyway, and, and he compiled them into this book. and this. But this, this is his pedigree in case you think he's some kind of quack. Scott J. Kolbaba, Kolbaba, M.D., is a doctor of internal medicine in Wheaton, Illinois. After being awarded a degree in economics from Cornell College and serving with the Marine Corps Reserves, he completed his medical degree at the University of Illinois and graduated with honors. Kolbaba interned with Rush Presbyterian uh, St. Luke's Medical Center and completed his residency at the Mayo Clinic he is a member of the alpha omega alpha honor medical society so you know there there if you want doctors who believe we've got we've got them you know and and here's the thing about it i think it puts the skeptic in an, an interesting spot because naturally many skeptics are going to say well yeah sure there's a lot of doctors particularly maybe general practitioners who uh, are going to have a faith and so they're going to you know whether they bring that into the practice so some of them clearly do they're they're going to have those views whether or not they practice that way. Uh, but the thing is, it, these are the guys that and ga- and ladies that would be on the front lines and we have a lot of them saying, yeah, this, I believe in miracles. Yeah. And these are scientists of a sort.
0: No, don't degrade doctors by <laughs> calling them scientists. So so, so they, the th- don't dare diminish their status as because they're not doctors like us they help people right yeah. I mean let's let's keep medical professionals uh, okay you know.
1: so but anyway so this is an interesting thing I think it puts atheists uh, people that doubt miracles in a in a weird spot because here we have the professional community here yeah. you know and I'm
0: like yeah and that is different than the the uh, what is it, the National Academy of Sciences where they're like the overwhelming majority of them are like atheist naturalistic mm-hmm. worldview people mm-hmm. um, but you know doctors are actually seeing the, witnessing these things like real doctors, not mm-hmm. It's
1: like the difference we see in the seminary world between someone who goes through and gets their bachelor's master's and Ph.D, or D men, um, and then goes to pastor a church and they think they've got all the answers, and that church often ends up falling apart. Whereas the person who pastors while they're going through seminary uh, has it's not theoretical for them. Right. Like, they're with those people, engaging with real people, and they know the real stories. And they also know when what that book says is bunk, right. because I've lived it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's interesting to know. So I just thought it was important to bring out this data and take a look at it and, you know, point out that uh, if you – don't believe in miracles. I understand that the suggestion in our culture is against the idea of the supernatural and against the idea of God and miracles and all those kind of things. But uh, when you look at the demographics, overwhelmingly, the gen pop believes in miracles. Yes. And overwhelmingly, the doctors in this study believed in miracles. Not overwhelmingly,
0: but...
1: Well, what was it? 70-something percent? No, no, no. According to the, yeah, the study, it the, it's
0: it 75%. 75% do, and then yeah. it was the 50% that actually bring it into the office and pray for their parents.
1: Yeah, and that was higher than okay, two so years prior.
0: 25% of our doctors need to start praying. And maybe I <laughs> but there's a, I mean, there's a reason why that, that they would come to that conclusion. And it ha- and I know what the skeptics are saying. Like you said, uh, they're just bringing their religion into work, which is a, actually not a bad thing. But no... In order to say that you believe in... I mean, there's cessationists, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll probably say some... They're divided between... Yeah, I mean, we still believe God can perform miracles and all that. And then there's some that actually say, ah, there's nothing really happening. Uh, But uh, even out of that bunch, I mean... You would think that there has to be something for someone trained in in the medical sciences. Mm Mm-hmm. To not just, to answer that question, not just based on worldview, but also on experience, right? Because there are documents of, they were diagnosed with this, it was a, they got a second opinion here, they got a third opinion here, this is what they had, and then it's gone.
1: Yeah, so I want to bring one more criticism before we quit, um, and well, two kind of, and, and see what you think about them because there were criticisms I received and I, I want to be gentle in addressing them because they are uh, sensitive. One of those is um, it's cruel. It, it, I, it was cruel of me to make a video about miracles like this, what? I was told, because— It was
0: cruel for you to have a topic.
1: Well, because it's providing a false sense of hope to people— who are because I'm giving these superstitious nonsense stories. Anyway,
0: but yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, and there's people out there you could give false hope to.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, if Christianity is true, there there is hope. Uh, there is hope in that. Yeah, you might be healed, but there's also a sense of peace that if you're not, you're going to be in the arms of your loving Savior. Yes. Uh, we win either way. Yeah, now it may not gonna be, be pleasant.
0: You're going to be spending eternity with the Lord Jesus. In the life after death and life after life after death or whatever, right? and then mm-hmm. in heaven and then following that the new heavens. That's going to happen a lot longer than your time here, right? Anyway, so uh, and if you're Clay Jones, you're going to argue that makes all tears, uh, you know, just a fail anyway.
1: So. Right, right. Um, so, so that's that's one criticism. And here's another side to that. And I want to be gentle because I know that you all don't see it this way. But if God does not exist then objective morality goes out the window and nothing is really right or wrong so you criticize me for being wrong to do something like this when
0: you have no foundation I, there's morality.
1: no foundation to right. say that's wrong now right. you can say I'm a jerk
0: i guess but yeah but you know what that'd be your opinion it goes back to i guess personal experience um i've my dad died in 2009 okay so going on uh, in fact, November of 2009, so 10 years. Hmm. Okay. Okay? Um, I'm not offended that you had a show topic on reality.
1: I'm so glad. I was so worried uh, that no, you would be.
0: Yeah, but th- that that kind of... Cri- I don't understand the kind of criticism. Well... Okay, we have an atheist guy who talks about uh, all kinds of crazy stuff about sexually explicit things to do with God. Mm-hmm. You're talking about some instances of miracle cases and you're in the wrong? Right. So, this is one of those, I know you asked me what I think about. This is one of those non things. This is is one of those things I feel bad about having lent a voice to thought that I had to think about it at all. Because, (laughs) look, okay. Well, I have a deeper one. I don't, but I don't believe, I don't believe that most Christians who would stumble across that. The video. because you know what i have to learn how to not be selfish and just because my dad did not get healed mm-hmm. even though he actually told us to look god doesn't need to do this for me i had to come
1: i earned this
0: <laughs> right yeah um doesn't mean i can't rejoice for the people that are healed yeah. And for their family. And your dad
1: probably would have.
0: Oh, of course he
1: If you had have, told yeah. your dad there's someone across the hall with the same condition of you that smoked three packs a day, um, and God just healed them, the doctors can't fight, he'd be, praise the Lord. Yeah, praise
0: <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a, but here's yeah. the here's the other so thing. I don't, I don't, here's the other the thing The only though. people making that complaint is maybe 1% of Christians and atheists this exists in their head as a real thing. Because I think for 99% of Christians Well, on out that there, note, on that note, the, you're not you're not giving people Another hope. criticism
1: yeah. we got was Yeah, but this creates a have's and a have-nots within the community of faith because why didn't God heal me when he healed them? And that's I'm now not I'm a second-class citizen because I must not be doing enough good stuff that God would heal me. My response to this person was, I'm sorry if that happened to you, if that really did happen to you, but I've spoken in hundreds of churches of various denominations, and I have never been in a church where that would have ever been uttered. The only place that would be said is in like a health and prosperity type church, where if you're serving the Lord, everything's going to fall your way. Um, even though that didn't even even happen though the, for the even Lord. though the, the the pastor telling you that has glasses <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> and, and,
0: and the Lord didn't have it so good right that's right and, and Paul yeah and Paul was and Paul asked and baited, three times yeah. is
1: thorn in the flesh be taken right. away and it didn't do it uh, yeah but I mean you know th- those are the only kind of people. That I've ever, and maybe this person had that background, but that is not the typical church experience of almost any denomination.
0: No, uh, you learn pretty on early on in your Christian walk that this barter system with God doesn't really get you anywhere right. at all, and you just kind of abandon it. Like God, I will do X, Y, and Z if you do this. Yeah, because every now and then, you know what? Uh, God actually ignores you, but sometimes I think God will give you that just to show when you. You get that, and you you fail to live up to your end of the agreement, and then you get smited worse.
1: No, it happened to me the other way. Yeah. I people have heard me say before. I, I told God when I started to the ministry because I did not want to be in the ministry. I wanted to be a musician, and um, I told God, I'll sir, I'll do this. I'll be in the ministry, but I will not go to Jacksonville, Florida, because I'd grown up there and didn't ever want to go back. And then secondly. Um, I, I uh, never wanted to go to some small rinky-dink town in Tennessee somewhere that was far from an interstate. The first place God sent me was Jacksonville, Florida, is where I through my first church. The second place God sent me was McMinnville, Tennessee, which is 40 minutes from an interstate either direction and has 10,000 people in the town. So, so, so here, here's the thing. Uh, now when I pray, I say, well, Lord, I will not go to Hawaii Right. I will
0: not go. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely refuse to go to the bomb. I'll
1: serve you so long as, but he's not an idiot. Right? Turns out,
0: yeah, you can't you can't reverse psychologize God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I, I've actually had it to where I learned pretty quick that I, I'm not going to barter with God because it rarely works, and when it does work, and I don't live up to my end of the bargain, I get smited worse for my dumb sins. And sometimes people say that's just bad luck, and other times I'm like, no, I had that coming, and that was not the devil messing with me. That was God punishing me, and yeah. I can tell you exactly what I did, but it's none of your business.
1: Right. That's you know?
0: right. So, so yeah. I'm not all, I'm not the Job in that story. You know what I mean? So, you know. But look, uh, I I understand why preconditions of metaphysical or not, even methodological, whatever. preconditions of, or pre-commitments in uh, your thinking uh, to, to naturalism preclude all things. Now, what I do like is that there's going to be some atheists, because we tried to make this point in the last show a couple weeks ago, not all atheists are monolithic, and there are atheists defined as, I lack the belief in God or gods, who do actually affirm supernaturalism. Of some kind of yeah, religion sure. or mystic of, something. There's now, forms I know, of Buddhism. That, yeah, you know. and, and the, the, the cosmic skeptic and godless engineer and uh, rationality rules, and what's the other one?
1: Uh, there's a few more. I don't know who you're thinking of.
0: All those YouTube atheists who uh-huh. never devote shows to those kinds of atheists.
1: Yeah. Well, well said. So, um, hey, while we were but you guys wrapping out there, up here, you guys,
0: I, you atheists. <laughs> who believe in the supernatural, check this out, because guess what? You might actually come to think that consistently there's got to be some kind of God or gods <laughs> in order to give effect and purchase to this kind of worldview. Mm-hmm. So to those atheists who are not like the other atheists who just assume naturalism is true, to the atheists who believe in some sort of spooky supernatural stuff or spirit realm or whatever, check it out. These things all point back; they're all signposts to God.
1: So, uh, while you were giving that incredible and eloquent no, it was an incredible monologue, it was not um,
0: I'm going to go back to singing "Hot Chocolate." <laughs> I believe in miracles. Where are you from? You sexy thing? a thing you?
1: Uh, while you were while you were doing that, I got a couple of. Have you interesting, really never heard the song? I got a couple of interesting comments. It's like
0: on commercials.
1: Yes, I've heard the song. I didn't know it was called "Hot Chocolate."
0: No, the band is called Hot Chocolate I
1: didn't Lake. know that either. The song
0: is You Sexy Thing. I believe it.
1: I know that song. Everybody knows that yeah. song. Come on.
0: Are you allowed um, to say sexy if you're an apologist? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know the rules for, for words. Well,
1: you can use it with respect to your wife. That's about it.
0: Yeah, but I was just singing a song and I actually wasn't thinking about anybody.
1: What does he say? I believe in miracles.
0: Where are you from?
1: You sexy. So he doesn't even know her, and he's telling her he's sexy. That'll get you apart. That'll get you put in the (laughs) Me Too movement today.
0: (laughs) And then, then it's I believe in miracles since you came along. So the the you has to be. There's obviously some kind of you that came along. You sexy thing. She came along, but
1: he doesn't know where she's from.
0: You know what? I've never done a deep exegesis <laughs> of hot chocolates, you sexy thing. I okay, but never. listen,
1: this is more important. So I just saw that two people... That song
0: was recorded in 1975. Two I just saw I that
1: born. two people uh, purchased uh, in the last five minutes Letters from Ignorantia, my new book that's available now. You know
0: you what? It's the second best book you've ever written. Well, thank you. And I mean that it's the second best book that you've ever written. Not the second best to the next best. To the first best, I mean, it's like it's number two. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Okay, um, number one, of course, is the no longer in print, blinding lights. Yeah, yeah, but I think this beats death as a doorway. I really do. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's shorter. That's no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean,
1: no, I, I think that's and it's cheaper. Yeah, uh, it's le- it's more cost effective. <laughs> you can get the Kindle for two ninety nine, and you can get the paperback for nine ninety nine. I'm not trying to make money off of this thing; just cover costs. Yeah. So, all right, well, listen, I've enjoyed this. Go Two check it out. Two people bought it
0: while we were recording. Yeah.
1: Uh, no, just in the last five minutes. More people have bought it since we've been recording.
0: Oh, in the last five Because it minutes. just
1: went on sale today.
0: Oh. Yeah. But just the Kindle version.
1: No, 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 they're both available now.
0: Oh, they're both available now. Yes. Okay. And by the way, what really makes this book the best book he's ever written is that on the dedication page, is dedicated to Jonathan Pritchett and Misty Pritchett. That's right. That's why it's the best.
1: Actually, so people wouldn't harass you, I just put Jonathan and Misty, but anyone who yeah. knows knows. Of him who has understanding. All right. uh, Well, listen. Enjoyed it. Go check out the other shows on the Trinity Commission. That's Leighton Flowers, Soteriology 101. Bible Down
0: with Matt Chisholm and Bentley Winland. And
1: Steve Gregg's The Narrow Path. And Steve Gregg was a huge influence on my thinking for Letters from Ignorantia. And he's already read it. And I think it gets his seal of approval. Click
0: somewhere over there for... uh... Yeah, if you'd
1: like to support what we're doing, listen, I need some new software. I, I'm using iMovie. I need to move to Final Cut Pro or something, and I need you to click up here in the top right-hand corner if you're interested in supporting uh, this ministry instead of whatever and thank you to the atheist new patrons. ministry. we
0: got some new patrons. Pa- patrons. 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 Patrons.
1: patrons. Man, you're patrons. supposed to be the socio-rhetorical guy I mean, and know all well, about well, patrons. Well, I mean, but the site Patron is called Patrion, so Yeah, but they're, but they're patrons.
0: I know, but I don't. Whatever.
1: Patreons. Patreons. If you're a Patreon. You're a
0: Patreon. That sounds like a see, this is how, race see, of alien I mean, and Mandalorian. Of, I mean, right. I'm out of touch. <laughs> I don't know the lingo. I thought yeah. I thought that was the new lingo. It, Patreon.
1: No, it's patrons. Okay. Okay, look. Uh, thank you to our patrons. Thank you for that. We we don't we need we really need it because we gotta update some stuff. We're behind. Yeah. Um somebody told me recently that my head looked like it was glowing in some of the green screen videos. Yeah. And I'm doing it best I can. That's because
0: he's from the planet Patreon. Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) I'm a Patreonian. Yes. All right, listen, enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Trinity
0: Radio. This is the last word. Ministry and ladders. Any position in ministry at all is the top of the ladder. Any ministry position that is treated as yet another rung on the ladder to get to somewhere else is not something that you should be proud of. It is something that you should be ashamed of. You should never treat any position in ministry as a means to something else. If you don't want to be in the position of ministry that you are in, leave. There are plenty of people out there who would be ready and willing to serve in the position where you are serving now if you don't want to be there. Also, God wants you to serve the people that you are serving there, and they deserve your undivided attention, and those people themselves deserve your undivided attention. Ministry too often has been viewed as a ladder, with various peaks uh, and the highest that you can go in various different structures. Uh, I'll tell you this. I have gone as high as I care to go in the seminary world. I don't want to be Braxton Hunter I like being Braxton Hunter's right-hand man. I like being his dumb sidekick. I like being the other guy on Trinity Radio. Uh, I don't need to be at the top. Uh, But you know what's interesting is I didn't view any position when I got here as one step in the ladder. I got here, I was an associate professor, and I worked, and I worked, and I worked. To the glory of God on behalf of the students that God has sent to the seminary. If you are not in ministry, I want to say this. God does have a place for you if you aspire to it. So it took me probably the better part of five years uh, of selling my barbershop practice and working various odds-and-end jobs before I ended up where I'm at now. I know that season. I know it well. Where sometimes you can question whether God has a place for you or uh, wonder why is that person working in ministry who doesn't even want to be where he's at because he wants to climb the ladder to go somewhere else and he's only using that church so that he can find a different church or only using that uh, seminary post to get a better one. I understand that season, but guess what? That season is good for you, and God has a providential plan, a sovereign plan, and you will find your place in the ministry world where God wants you to be, and you will see his hand involved in all of it, even in the season that can be described as despair even. So to the ministers working now. Serve God and serve the people that God has you to serve with all your heart. Don't put your heart somewhere else. And those of you who have not yet found a place in ministry who are looking, don't lose heart. God's got you, and it will be worth the wait.